testimony. You know, something, something about what she was saying about believing God. In, in this church, that, that's what we teach, is how to believe God for everything. And sometimes I think that believing God is... It, ha- it has this kind of picture that you're having to believe God because you don't have anything. Because you're, you're, you're poor. You're you know, believing God. So, so much of what has been taught about believing God has to do from a financial standpoint. And so people a lot of times view it as though um, believing God is almost elementary in a way that you're, you know, you, you maybe, and, and, and I, I, I'm talking about uh, testimonies that I've ha- heard from other people or things that people have told me that a lot of times they, they think, well, you know, I, I don't want people to know I'm believing for something because it looks like I'm too stupid to work things out and make things happen myself. And... Um, it doesn't matter if you're, if, if you're worth multi-millions of dollars. If you're going to stay connected to God, you're going to stay believing God. You have to be in that, in that place to believe God. Now, anybody in here, is there anybody in here, and lift your hand because I'd like to see your hand up. Is there anybody in here that would rather be poor than rich? Anybody? You'd rather be poor than rich. I mean, I, I'm, maybe, I've never met anybody like that, but, but maybe there's people that would rather just be poor to not have to deal with the responsibilities of being rich. The Bible's real clear about rich. This isn't even my message today. This is free. Um, that was a joke. Okay. Um, the Bible's real clear about rich. Um, in in, in, in um, 2 Corinthians, it says, Jesus became poor that we would become rich in all things. Rich is not just something that's monetary. Rich means to advance, to be on top, to be blessed, for the blessing to be on your life when you're rich. Jesus became poor that we could be rich in all things. Are you rich when you possess health and healing in your bodies? Absolutely. Are you rich when you can lay your head down at night and and be at peace and go to sleep and not be disturbed? Is there a richness to that? Absolutely. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich. One translation says, makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord. And in the Amplified of that that verse, you can go look at it. It says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. Neither, in parentheses, it says, neither does any toiling help it out.
wow, pastor, does that mean, you know, I, I don't really need to work. I can just believe in the blessing of God and everything will just happen. No. No. <clears throat> but there are people everywhere that are working hard to be rich that in their minds, maybe they're rich, they're worth millions and billions of dollars in, in our world today, even trillions. People are heading towards that, those numbers. Um, so it looks like that they're rich. But I'm convinced, and I, I've, you know, I, I've, talked to, I've talked to a lot of people that had and I know a number of people that have multiple millions of dollars in their life. And they've been, quote, a success in business. But there's much sorrow that goes with toiling that is not God. The blessing of the Lord makes rich adds no sorrow and shows you how if you're just working your life trying to, to do everything you can do to become rich and you've not sought God about what you're doing, then your toiling will be in vain. What I say over myself because God said this, I say over myself, my wife, my family, over this church body, I speak it over you every day. The blessing of the Lord has made us rich. I am rich. I know what rich means to me today. I know what it means. I know what the Bible's definition of that is. And that's what I am. Because I am everything God says I am. What activates the blessing of God, there's a number of things, but the main activator of the blessing of God is the tithe. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me that I'll not open up the windows of heaven, pour out not blessings, but the blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Because the blessing produces blessings. So when I enter into the exchange of honoring God with what belongs to Him, that exchange that's involved there automatically is the blessing. My responsibility with the blessing is to believe in it and that it makes me rich so that I seek God about my future, about what I'm to be involved in, and then I actively, I actively work at not toiling. Many people think toiling is just working, but the word toil in the Hebrew, if you look at it, in Proverbs 10.22, the word toil there means unproductive work. So he didn't say we don't need to work, but we don't need to be involved in unproductive work. Productive work, because you seek God about what to do, will release the blessings because you're already empowered with the blessing to be rich. Dang, that's a good word. Preach myself happy. So, we had a great weekend last weekend. Celebration of 30 years of ministry here at Gates. And, uh, you know, 
you can make more out of something that God gives you if you, if you don't process what God gives you and, get, and, and then you deliver it as a, as a pastor, even individually in your own life. If you don't process what God gives you in a correct way, it has to be processed correctly. And today, in my message, I'm doing another summer rerun as I did last week. Back in May, I shared two messages on what real prayer was like or what it is. How to operate and live and operate in real prayer. And today, after 30 years of pastoring this church, and I don't just mean because it's the next Sunday after our celebration. I'm saying in the season that we're in, and you've, you've heard some of it, but I am more focused and intense about the manifestations of what God has promised each and every one of us. Today, I'm, I'm telling you that that we are, this is who we are. I'm not telling you this is what you need to do. I'm telling you this is who we are. This is your first time here today. You know, you can embrace what I'm saying. But most of who I'm talking about, people that have been here for a while or even for a few weeks or a few months or whatever, but for many years, many of you. And this church, our, our focus is, is about manifestation in the days ahead because of what we believe. Now, I've shared a scripture with you um, all this year out of uh, Matthew 8 and verse 13, and it's the story of the centurion. And when Jesus saw the faith of the centurion, the centurion, when he saw that centurion's faith, if you could, if you could give me that scripture, and, or you can put it up anytime, I want to I look at it just real quick. But it's, it's uh, Matthew 8, 13. But when he saw that faith, he said, I've never seen any greater faith in all of Israel. In other words, in all of the known world, I've never seen such great faith as in this centurion. Because he was a man under authority, understood that, and he was a man that operated in authority. We are people, we're a church of authority, under authority, but we're a church that operates in authority. We believe the Word of God. As Jessica was talking about earlier, about believing God for things, sometimes the natural mind think, thinks that things like what she was saying, what she believed God for, seem kind of silly because some people think, well, you know, why doesn't she just get a, you know, if she's having to believe for something, sometimes people think, well, why didn't she just get a better job so she has more money and just buy it? Why is she believing God for it? Because everything that we do here, everything that you do in, from the Word of God's perspective, when it's God's will, everything you do, you believe Him for it. Everything. It's not, it's not, a negative that you're believing God for things in your life. And the centurion, and I've, I've taken this over the last couple of years, this verse, I, it just one day, I don't know how many, I mean, I, if I've read that passage of Scripture once, I've read it thousands of times through the years, but I just, one day, that verse 13 just, it just blew up. And this is what it says. Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, everybody say have. Not I'm gonna, 
I'm trying. Oh, I'm a trying. I'm a trying. I'm a trying. We're not triers here. We're doers. We're doers. See, if you're a trier, then, then there's room for, for, for not believing. Doers develop this attitude, I can't leave room for not believing. I have to believe the Word of God. So your development gets that much stronger in life because I'm a believer, I'm not a doubter. Every one of us get challenged with doubting every single day. But I'm a believer and not a doubter because that's what I say over myself every day. You need to be saying things like that over yourself because of how important it is to believe because he said here, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. One translation said he was healed instantly. This church is in the same hour instantly manifestation mode. Because the key to those things is not an emotional thing that you're working up. It's a belief system that you've developed. Would Jesus say that for the centurion and not say that for you? I'm asking you. Would Jesus say that? Would he make that statement to the centurion? And what was it about the centurion that was different that, that got the works right there? You know what startled Jesus with the centurion? You know what startled him? When the centurion said, you know what? You don't need to come and lay hands on my servant. You don't need to come to my house, in other words. Speak the word only. This church body is a speak the word only believing body. Because it's not, I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not comparing this body to another body. I'm just telling you that's who we are because that's who Jesus said to be. What was the thing that was the difference between the centurion and everybody else? It was his faith. His faith in what? His faith in believing that what you say will come to pass. Why? Because he was a man under authority and yet he operated in authority and people did exactly what he said Possibly they lost their head if they didn't. I mean, I don't know. Was this centurion saved? Doesn't say he was or he wasn't. I mean, this is before the cross, so nobody was actually saved, but was this a God-fearing centurion? Doesn't say he was or he wasn't said he had great faith. You know, people in the natural world that aren't even born again have great faith in certain things. He saw something in this guy that produced results. Surely the guy heard what Jesus had been doing, and he had faith in the fact that, you know what? When this guy says something, it comes to pass. Well, that's the same way it is with me because I'm a man under authority. I operate in authority. When I tell people to do something, bless God, they do it or they're in trouble. That's, who this, that's, that's what this place is. That's what we teach. That's what we believe. As you believe, it will be done for you from this point on. God wants you to work that process out. 
If you, if you are, if you are believing God for a specific thing, and you are meditating on a promise in God's Word, let's just take, let's take a scripture which is a promise. In Philippians four, it says, Paul said to the to the church at Philippi. There, he said, and my God, his God shall supply all your need according to his riches, not the riches of the world, but his riches, in Christ. I didn't quote it right. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Every time you say something like that, and you're meditating on something like that, it's developing a belief system in you that goes contrary to the way the world thinks. But everybody knows that there are times in your life or things that you're believing God for, but the natural realm says something contrary to what the promise says. And every time that I choose to believe, in other words, I let fear grip my heart and I choose to believe that what I see or the, or the way the present circumstances are is more real than that promise, then I'm not believing that promise. And what it does is, it's like a bad apple in a bunch of apples. It contaminates the rest of them. It contaminates everything else that you're believing God for. We're believers and not doubters. We have to be adamant about it. We have to, we, we have to, we have, to have this attitude, nothing is going to rob me from believing what God's Word says is true. It's vital that we don't. Today, I'm, I want to just share a few verses of Scripture with you concerning what real prayer is. Not just going through the motions of verbalizing things, but what is real prayer? Number one, it's connection with God. So that what I'm saying and what I'm declaring over myself and other people is what God once said. Because if I'm saying what He said, then what I say, because it's what He said, will not return void, but it'll accomplish what I set it out to accomplish. How many believe that today? Amen? It will do it. I'm telling you today, it will do it. My prayer for each and every one of you every day is that you're getting that. That it's going deep on the inside of you. That you're getting a hold of that because I'm telling you, we can win this whole world. We can win the whole world if we believe. Right here from this body of believers in Kerrville, Texas, at Gates of the City, we can win the whole world if we believe. Well, Pastor, I mean, I, you know, I don't know about it. Well, there's doubt right there. What does it mean to win the whole world? One person at a time. What can happen? You know, the, the law of multiplication is what God wants us involved with in believing God for people coming into the kingdom of God. If there's a hundred people sitting here, right here, and a hundred people are sowing into one person's life, and a hundred people get born again, what's the law of multiplication going to do from there? 
Because if those born-again people are encouraged, continually encouraged after they get born again by the people that led them to God, then what are they going to do? They want to tell other people the same thing. See, for, for right here from one church body of believers, you can win the whole world in a very short period of time. If you believe in what you're doing. You're not just going through the motions of something that appears to be good, but you believe in what you're doing. So we have to believe every day that our God supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We need to believe every day that by the stripes of Jesus that we are the healed. We're not the sick trying to get well. We're the healed. Everybody say, I'm healed. We are the healed in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that rules and passes my understanding, that peace that passes my understanding, it stands guard over my heart and mind. Today, according to Proverbs 3, His beloved has sweet sleep. When I lay my head down at night, my sleep is sweet. Why? Because it's a promise from God's Word. I've got to believe that. I don't care if you've been disrupted for five, six, ten days in a row. I declare it every day. I have sweet sleep. See, because what the enemy wants you to do is to be moved by five straight nights of not sleeping well, get off your confession, get off the development of your belief system, and then give in to that because if you'll quit there, you'll quit there and there and there and there. And it won't affect your finances, it won't affect your health, you won't have good sleep, everybody around you, all kinds of crap's going on in your life and in your family. I'm telling you, we're not those people. We're not. We're taking this planet by storm, one person at a time. Taking the planet, I mean, being blessed is not being blessed for myself. I was created to be blessed, to be a blessing. That's God's purpose. I'm going to say it again. I was created to be blessed. The blessing is on my life to be rich, to be a blessing. And when you understand that, God can trust you with anything and everything that He desired to come to you even before you were born. He had a plan for your life before you were. But we got to catch up with the plan. And the only way to catch up with the plan is to develop the revelation in our heart of who God says we are. And when I believe that, then there's nothing I can't do and can't accomplish. Can you say amen to that? Deuteronomy 29.9. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. Do we got that? There it is. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and think about them. It's good to think about them. It's good to meditate on them. But that's not enough. We've got to do them. That you may prosper in all that you do. What is that word prosper? It means to advance. You and I are advancing people. We're advancing with the kingdom. God entrusted us with His kingdom on the earth. Psalm 115 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but He's given the authority in the earth to the sons of men. We have the authority in the earth. He's given it to us. So how can we take the kingdom forward that He's already done everything, He's accomplished everything. How do we take that kingdom forward 
if we're just about ourselves. If we're negating the Word of God, if we're not developing our belief system like what Jessica was talking about in the financial war with her, with her furniture and the things going on, well, you know, Pastor, I'm just going to... I don't want someone else to bless me with furniture. I just want to buy it myself. Well, okay. I'm just telling you, what is God telling you to do? I didn't say you can't go buy your own furniture. You do whatever it is that God tells you to do. But are you developing a belief system to believe God for how He wants things to come to you? Not toiling and, 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 and just being proud within ourselves because I'm a self-made man or a woman. I don't want to be self-made. I'm God-made. Amen? He created me originally. I came into the earth, knew nothing about Him. I lived 18 years and had no clue about Him. Got born again one day. I mean, kind of tripped over it. And got born again one day. And, and what happened? For 40 plus years, I've been developing that relationship to get to know Him. I've been catching up with what His plan was for my life. And see, a lot of times people think, well, you know, I mean, I mean I've been doing this for 15 years and just... Just, I haven't seen what I've wanted to see. Yeah, because you're catching up with His plan. You've got to get to the plan, but you'll never get to the plan without the revelation of the Word and being a doer of that Word. See, the, the, it, 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 there's a covenant, a promise that, that every Scripture that you see in the Word that you read that says thus and so, that's God's promise to you. And every time natural circumstances want to talk you out of that, get you to back off and back away, it's because if you'll press into that, in that moment, you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. I'm telling you, where you're going, you've never been before. When, if you're relating, if you're looking back here to you know, find some comfort zone and something to lean on from the past, you need to kick those props out and begin to step forward. And you may fall, but listen, we may fall, but we'll, we'll arise. Amen? When I'm weak, then I'm strong in Him. See, weakness within ourselves and what we've done and the fears that try to tell us we've got to know what we're doing, we've got to know everything about the future, we've got to have a 5, 10, 15, 20-year goal, we've got to know exactly what... I mean, you can be so goal-oriented, goals are great, but you can be so goal-oriented, God can't even work in your life. No more. That's not what we do here. Gates of the City is about believing the Word, allowing the Word to rule in our life, and allowing the Word to lead us where we're supposed to go. Can you say amen to that? So, in these, I, I, I want to read these three prayers that I read every day. And I want you to catch something today. I just got one point that I'm going to make to you about real prayer. And I want you to catch something about prayer today. Everything that I've just said about the words of the covenant, to believe those words, do those words, and you'll prosper in everything that you do. You have to see that prayer is doing the covenant, doing the word. It's, it's doing what he says is so. Prayer and what you speak over people and, and over groups of people, how you pray and how you speak over people and how you believe for them, produces outcomes not only in their life, your life, but everybody around them. I, I, I'm convinced of something over the last couple of years in, in, in these prayers in Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1 that, that I've been praying at a, at a new height and level that God has given me revelation on. There's something about it that 
is vital to taking what his word says and praying and releasing that, connecting with him about what you're saying, and then being able to believe for the lives of other people. Because these prayers are not about trying to manipulate and control what people do. These prayers are about revelation and understanding coming to people. When people's eyes get opened up and they can see clearly, then they can make right choices. You know what I believe? I believe every human being on planet Earth, if they get clear in their thinking, will make right decisions. I just believe it. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not going there. If every promise in the word is for every human that was ever created, then I'm convinced that the reason that people don't make correct decisions in life is because they're blinded in their minds. And my job is to pray that people's, the blinders be lifted off of people's eyes so that they can see clearly to make the right choice. Everything in life is a choice. Everything that you do in life is a choice. And if, and if it's hindered because because you're not being a doer of the word. You know, the Bible says, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you deceive yourself. So people, by default, actually operate in deception in their life, thinking that they're right. The Apostle Paul thought he was right killing Christians. Was he right? He was wrong. But his eyes got opened up. Actually, his eyes got blinded even deeper, and then his eyes opened up. Huh? And when his eyes opened up and he saw what it was, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? That's all people need. People just need to realize, you know what? I've been working at this. I've been toiling at this. I've been trying to make this thing happen. I've been, I mean, sweating and wearing myself out and overwhelmed and this and that and the other. And wait a minute. I haven't even asked God about this. I haven't even prayed. I promise you, Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1, you need to be praying those three prayers over yourself first and foremost because you need to have clear eyes to be able to see, have clarity about who to pray for and how to pray and believe for other people's lives. We've got to be liberated ourselves. Our eyes got to be open on a daily basis. We have, we have to keep pursuing it. It's, it's a non, you're never going to not be growing and developing into what God created you to be. It's just a non-stop development process. It's a great thing. You will never top out in the things of God. Anybody that's ever... I remember hearing a guy on television one day, um, gosh, can't remember his name, he played for the Arizona Cardinals, I think, at one time. What was that guy's name? Quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals a number of years back. Anyway, I heard him in a testimony, he's, he's a born-again Christian, heard him, but, but when he won his first championship, I think he was actually with the, maybe with the St. Louis Cardinals or something at the time, I don't know, um, Warner, something, huh? Kurt Warner, that's it. So I was, I was hearing him testify one day, and he said, you know, when, when he won a championship or he won something, he said, it was like, wow, I wanted this all my life. I pursued, I went after this, and, and here it is, and now what? I mean, after the celebration that day and after the celebration, I mean, I, th these were his words. He said, after the celebration that night and maybe a couple of weeks and the parade in the town and all this stuff, and then, What? You'll never get that feeling with God. See, unless you stop. Well, you know, I remember 14 years ago, God had done some really amazing things. I, I wish I could go back there. God's not going backwards. He's going forward. 
right? We don't want to go back to something. We want to keep increasing, and that's the promise that we have in God's Word, that we can continually increase and move forward. Amen? And that's what these prayers are about. So I want to read this real quickly in Ephesians 1. And I'm going to read this in the, in the uh, Message Bible. I want to pull that up because I want to read it out of here myself. Starting with verse uh, 15. so Paul said verse 15 message that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus I couldn't everybody say he couldn't I'm telling you today I can't can't what what he said right here I couldn't stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than than thank, I ask. Ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly, exactly what it is that he is calling you to do, grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy and boundless strength. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Paul said, I see, and, and the reason Paul said this is because. Because of what I'm sending you, what I'm preaching to you, what I'm sending you in letters, because of the truth, I can't not pray for you. Because the enemy comes immediately to steal the word that's been sown in a person's heart. Immediately, if not sooner. Immediately, he comes to steal the word. So without these kinds of prayers... The enemy's going to win in stealing of the word, at least for seasons of people's lives. That's why we have to pray. Listen to me when I say this. I'm telling you right now, you're getting clearer, you're getting stronger, you're getting more intense, you're understanding things day to day. You know why? Because I pray for you every day. I can't not pray for you. Why am I telling you that? So you'll think I'm something because I pray. No, 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 no. Not at all. I'm telling you because you need to receive it. And then you need to do it. See, praying something like this and making it personal for people. You know, I, I think that I pray for upwards of 10 to 12 to 15,000 people a day. How do you do it? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how I do it. Not today, but I'm going to show you. When the time is right, I'm going to show you, but I want you to keep pursuing God about how to do it. But every day when I pray, and I lay my hands on something that I have that says, 
everybody that is connected to gates of the city, every time I lay my hand, I, 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 it's, I don't know, I don't know how, but I see everybody. I don't know how I can do that. But I lay my hands on it, and Father, I'm speaking over the people that have been part of gates of the city for a long time, for maybe a little shorter time, maybe those who just started coming, those who are just thinking about coming, those that aren't even thinking about coming yet. Can you pray that way? I don't know, I do. I do it every day, and I do it more with a passion than I ever have. The other day I was doing it, and I couldn't even get through it as I was weeping over it. I mean, I, I, I'm not a weeper. I don't weep just to weep. But I was weeping from inter inside of me because I saw all you people doing these things. I'm going to read it again. This is what I saw you doing. This is what I saw happening. I was making it personal. Because I see you're sitting here today. You're, you're wanting to see things. I'm telling you, we're living in a time of manifestation. I, I'm not saying that like it's going to work automatically. I'm saying it because I believe you believe this. See, as you believe it'll be done for you the way it was done the centurion, and things will happen swiftly and instant. There's a lot of instant things that happen, but nothing's instant. There's all the preparation that goes into something that appears to be that it just happened instantly. That's why you got to tell people your journey and how you got where you're at. Well, down a little bit, verse 16, I think it is. But I do more than thank God for you. I ask on your behalf. Ask the God of, of, of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. I'm telling you, Everybody in this place, you're becoming more intelligent because of what I pray. I'm telling you, I because I believe that what I pray is coming to pass. You're becoming more intelligent every day. You're becoming more discerning so you're not finding yourself toiling and wasting time at things that don't work. You're going to hear the voice of God and do what God tells you to do. I promise you, you're becoming that. Embrace it, receive it, and be a part of that, and then begin to release that yourself. I'm not saying you're not, I'm just saying just more and more, but I'm telling you today, you have to believe that these kind of things are what make the difference in Christian people's lives. Jessica, I really appreciate you sharing what you shared today, because it matters how people believe God. It matters that people believe for things and put their faith out for things because we're all working on that. Otherwise, we just get comfortable in what we think we are and who we think we are. And you know what? I mean, I'm not comfortable in anything. I'm not even, I'm not comfortable in my relationship with my wife. It's getting better every day. I'm getting more intelligent, better looking. No. I mean, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, it, it, it's increasing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not settled with where it's been. We have a great marriage, but I'm not settled with where it's been. It's going to new le levels and new heights. Why? Because that's what God intended for things to be. He intended for us to prosper, to increase, to move forward. He intended for us to be those type of people. You're more discerning. Your eyes are focused and clear. I promise you. You are, I promise you, your eyes are being opened and becoming more clear than they've ever been before. I'm telling you. 
so that you can see exactly what it is that he has called you to do and that you're able to grasp the immensity of what he's called you to. Everybody say big. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say it like you mean it. Big. God created everybody to, to be big at what they do. You say, well, you know, big needs, means to be like, no. No, God has a definition for big, and it's success. The world's success and God's success are totally different in many ways. God's success is you accomplishing what he told you to do, and you stay with it to the end, and you see the results, that's success. That creates big in your life. It creates big motivation, big manifestation. It creates uh, big dreams. It creates big dreams for other people. It creates you, it, it, it empowers you to become less concerned about you and more concerned about other people. That's who we are at Gates of the City. That's what we're doing at Gates of the City. Not someday, we're doing it now. And it's because we're a church that prays. This church has prayed forever. From day one, we've prayed and we've continued to pray. But we're learning to understand what real prayer is in ways that we've never even seen before. Why would we want to pray like we did 30 years ago? We want to get better at what we're doing. Come on. We don't even want to pray the way we did a year ago with, with, with less revelation. No, we want more revelation about what we're doing. Can you say amen? Ephesians 3, I'm almost through. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. That could take an hour. Ephesians 3 and verse 14. <clears throat> Another Paul prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. It's what I'm praying for you every day. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knee before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. I'll just say this. You're becoming more aware of the Holy Spirit inside of you than you are of natural things. I'm telling you right now, that's what I pray for you every day, and you're becoming that every single day. Let me ask you this question. How many of you over the last six months, year, or whatever, how many of you have seen opportunities to minister to family members You've seen opportunities to maybe friends, coworkers, different people like that. How many of you in here, you've seen an opportunity to minister people just over the last few months? Just, just lift your hand. Look at, look at all the hands. Everybody, raise your hand up. My hand is up because of my opportunities also. Look, look at everybody in here. Some of them just saying, have a great day. Because some people just need to be accepted. You don't need to preach and shove the gospel down their throat. Some people just need to be accepted and feel and let them know that, you know, that you love them and you really truly care about them because, 
because most of the time people care when people, other people can do something for them. God wants us to care and do things for other people. So he wants, he wants the, the, the tables turned that way. And I promise you, more and more and more of that is coming your way. Just be prepared and ready. One, years ago, a guy came to me and said, you know, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a ministry. And I said, you're looking for one? He said, yeah. I said, well, who are you ministering to just day to day? No, I mean like a real ministry. I said, no, that is ministry. <laughs> it's one-on-one, people to come in contact with, and from there, God will evolve whatever you're called to do. That'll evolve from you ministering life to people. So I'm telling you, you're called first and foremost to minister to people, and that's my prayer for you every single day, that you're in tune with the Holy Ghost about what to say, who to talk to. It's not everybody. It's the people that, uh, that God leads you to. It's not everybody. It's not finding 15 people a day to share. It's, it's maybe that one person, maybe somebody around you, but God will show you who it is, and I, my prayer is that you're in tune with the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Verse 17, may Christ through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely. Everybody say securely. You are founded securely on love. Not will be, you are. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and to grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length, height and depth, that you may really come, that you may really come, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. That's what I pray for us every day. That we're a body of believers. We're part of the body of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? We're here to be a blessing to the world. We're going around the world and we're touching the world, but starting right here in our own backyard to be a blessing in our community and beyond. Can you say amen to that? That's my prayer every day. It starts with us learning how to pray for that and declare those kind of things over people, maybe over areas, maybe over some place that God is sending us to. We're... we're, we're we're, uh, our missions team is going to Israel in 2021, in February of 2021. I've already started praying for the opportunities in Israel. We're not just going there to sightsee, which that's part of it, but we're going there to minister. We're connecting with a church that's there, and there's going to be great opportunities in Israel to go. We're excited about that, you know, and, and what that's going to produce. But, but, here's the thing. If you don't pray, and you don't prepare the way with your words... It won't be what God wanted it to be. You have to put the words out there, and then by the time we get there, we just walk right into what has already been prepared. That's what real prayer is. That's what I want you to catch. In everything that you do, that we do as a body together, that our words are moving us forward and advancing us forward, not causing us to go backwards. We have to believe in what we say. Can you say amen? Verse 20, Now to him who by in consequence of the actions of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. 
I'm telling you, those kind of things right there are happening to you because I pray for you. They're happening to you. And it'll really happen to you if you embrace what I'm praying, speak it over yourself and pray it over other people. These two prayers and the prayer in Colossians 1. I don't have time right now to get into that, but we'll we'll do that again because I'm going to teach you and show you how I pray for thousands and thousands of people every day and it doesn't wear me out. I'm not toiling to get to the end of my prayer list. I'm releasing it. And actually, my prayer time can turn into something that lasts two hours, but it's because that's what I want to do. It's not me laboring to make that happen. God wants us releasing prayers and doing things you can do in 10 or 15 minutes. And as you learn to do that and develop it, it's something then that you want to do, not something you have to do. Prayer is not some labor that is, or it's, it's not an action that is labor-intensive with this dread on it. And I know, and I know from experience it was for me, maybe it wasn't for other people except I know people that it was, yeah, but it was for me for, for years. And I had to get past that thing to realize how effective it was. And actually, where I really learned that probably about 20 years, 25 years ago was from my wife because that's the way she prayed. She would pray at, She would pray prayers out of books called Prayers That Avail Much. She would pray out of those books. And I'd think, well, you know, there's nothing really spiritual out of that. You know, because we're not yelling, screaming, sweating, spitting, and doing all those kind of things, you know? But she'd pray those prayers. And one day God just showed me. He said, you need to listen to what she's doing because that's what I like. That's what he likes. He likes us putting out there what he says is so and putting him in remembrance of it. That's what causes it to come to pass as we believe it. Can you say amen to that? Today I'm so grateful for this body and for this church. I'm so grateful for the time that we're living in right now and where we're going. I'm telling you the days ahead are as bright as it's ever been right now and and beyond because this is where we're living here. We're expecting manifestation. We're expecting to be everything that we just prayed right there. We're expecting that <clears throat> we're intelligent people, that we're, that we're rich people, that we're people on top. We're clear in our mind and our thinking. We're moving on and on and on. And I'm believing that for each and every one of you, and I expect to see it manifest. How many believe that today? Amen.